Hello friends, welcome to the energy report on the new story podcast with me, Rebecca Conran, your host. I'm not just a podcaster, I'm also a healer and a spiritual counselor. And I am offering a discount on my uh, one-on-one services right now, my intuitive energy healing Uh, which are coaching and clearing sessions, as well as my packages and the self-healing mentorship are all discounted with the code 2020LOVE, uh, linked in the show notes. So you just apply that coupon at the checkout. I think it gets you $25 off of uh, a session, a single session. Um, So there's, uh, you know, that goes up incrementally uh, with the packages and, and things like that. So please utilize it. Um, I extended it through the 31st of January. So it's like my January little gift um, for anyone who needs some motivation to take care of themselves and to get some support. So here we are. We are in the last week of January of 2020. This is the energy report for January the 27th to February the 2nd. The theme I've picked this week is there is unlimited potential in every moment. The tarot card is the fool. This is an excellent card, especially after having a lot of rough times, rough energies, rough transits. You know, we've really been, it's like someone hung us out upside down and emptied out all our pockets. Right? So the tarot, the fool, this is about new beginnings. This is a really welcome energy. The fool is not a fool because of stupidity. Okay? The fool is a fool because they can move forward into a new chapter with faith and optimism, knowing that they can get through whatever comes their way because their experience already proved it so right? Like a fool for love. Well, you know what? If you've been through heartache before, it makes you even more capable in, in the, uh, in the, with the agenda of love, because you know, what's at risk, you know, you've been there and you've been through those risks and you've gotten onto the other side. So this is a a card of the energy of starting over because you, because you know what life is like. You've been through life, you're experienced, you're mature. And so it's kind of being able to have that, that innocent, new beginning, um, refreshing perspective, you know, sort of like a rainbow after the storm. Um, so this is a card of entering a new phase, a new endeavor, um, letting go of expectations and going with the flow. This is really the energy where you allow that spontaneous impulse of your intuitive guidance to lead the way. You know, I always say when people ask me what the intuition feels like, it feels like this just this inner knowing, this impulse, you know, where it feels like a good idea or a relief, but it never feels like a stress or a strain. Um So we're letting that sort of impulse, that inner knowing, that little burst of of spirit lead the way. Also really reminiscent of the Page of Wands, that energy, that kind of like new impulse, spontaneous spirit energy. Um, This card is saying that 
there is unlimited unlimited potential ahead of us if we so choose. So this card is asking us to be ourselves, to believe in ourselves, to really sit with that, to really sit with that you've been through many experiences. You've learned, you've evolved because of those experiences. You can move forward. You can move forward and believe in the unlimited potential. Will there only be easy days ahead? Absolutely not. But you have the courage, the strength, the wherewithal to move through whatever comes your way. This is a card that really asks us to laugh in the face of doubt, trust in our path, and again, believe in yourself and be yourself. The ritual this week is listening to little you. So as you've heard me say many times, if you've been a long-time listener, when I was small, I remember playing in a couple of ways, right? These are the things that I loved to do when I was very, very small. And, and I'll also state that I, I was a ballerina. I did ballet, but that's not something that comes to mind when I, when I remember the things that really bring me joy. Although I love dancing and I really did like ballet, but I, I consciously left ballet when I was about six years old because I didn't like the competitive nature of, um, of the, uh, academy that I was dancing at. It was too much. It wasn't fun. You know, it wasn't freeing. And of course that's because I have a very hard time doing what people want me to do. I just want to do what I want to do. And that, that was very strong in me, even at six years old. So when I think back of what I really love to do, it's very clear when I was a little girl, I love to perform and dance in front of my mirror right? For like my invisible audience where I could just do whatever I wanted. I would put on my little diva worthy outfit, probably like a tutu or something. And I'd strut my stuff. Um, I preferred this much more than the things I was taught in ballet that felt more restrictive and like I had to do what somebody wanted me to do. Second, I would record radio shows on a little tape recorder and I would interview guests, and I'd pretend to be all the parts, and I'd do different accents. The third thing I would do is I love to sit at a desk in a little closet, and I would grade papers, and I would teach my invisible class, and I loved it. So as an adult, I've had many jobs, many career directions. I was a successful production designer in film and television for over 10 years. Um, but the thing that's most me that's brought me the most fulfillment has been my spiritual teaching work, teaching all my classes, you know, which which uh, was really how I began um, in in this, you know, doing my moon circles uh, in Brooklyn and my empath empowerment classes and my inner child healing classes. All of that was just so gratifying to little Rebecca Um my podcast, of course, right? Just so similar to, brings me a lot of fulfillment. So similar to that little girl recording on her tape recorder. I mean, it's literally what I'm doing right now. I'm sitting in my room with my old cat next to me here. And I'm talking to my invisible audience, who's very real. You're there. I can feel you energetically, but you're not necessarily sitting right in front of me. 
And of course, the third thing that brings me fulfillment is playing and performing music, doing my sound baths now, like whenever I get to even go out dancing, you know, um, I am never more free than when I'm dancing and performing with abandon because that accesses for me a return to the most innocent and free part of myself. It really brings me back, like it just snaps me back into that innocent part of me. Um, so the ritual this week is for you to go within, to ask little you what they want to be doing. What does little you want to be doing? What brings little you fulfillment? Now, it, it doesn't have to be anything as, as flashy as what I've said either. Maybe little you just wants to like hold your hand and point to things out in nature. You know, maybe little you just wants to rest more. It could be coloring, playing in any way, or it just might be being hugged and nurtured. You know, it doesn't have to be some outward activity that you make into a career either. This is just about listening to little you and bringing in some of that innate innocence again, because you're tapping into that part of you that needs it the most. This is a relatively quiet week on the major transits front. But then again, nothing is ever very quiet these days, is it? Um, but I will say the last month was pretty intense. There's a lot going on, especially with that Uranus shift. I mean, shit, eclipse season, it's been, it's been full on for sure. Um, so this week might feel a little bit more mellow, but... I wouldn't, you know, make any bets on it or anything. Um, we've completed one twelfth of 2020 already. And perhaps this is a really good time to revisit your intentions for the year, uh, especially because we want to really take advantage this next week of the mercurial energy. Okay, so make uh, as much as you can of the communication technology energy. Make the most of it. Aquarius is going to leave Mercury. Mercury is the mind. It is how we communicate. It is our computers and our phones and our cars and things like that. It's travel and transportation, and it's going to enter Pisces on the 3rd of February. And it's going to stay there for two months. And that's not a very favorite place for Mercury to be. It's not a clear-headed place. Let's just say that. And mid-February, we're going to have a Mercury retrograde. So the entire beginning of February, we're also going to be building to that Mercury retrograde. So we really, this next week, we've got some, some great energy, mercurial energy, mind energy, speech energy, make the most of any projects that you want to upload online, conversations that need to be had clearly, back up your computer, back up your phone, right? Um, you could also, if you want to be really proactive, you can make appointments to get your car serviced, your computer, or your phone serviced during Mercury retrograde, because that's a great retrograde activity. But this next week, you're really going to want to like check in with like um, any new endeavors that you might be taking on. 
right? So for the next two months, things are going to feel foggy and emotional and sensitive. Um, so we're going to want to really harness this next week to kind of get some shit done. Maybe it's the boost you need to kind of, as I'm thinking of it, I'm like, well, there's a shitload of new meditations I want to record. So I better get my ass in gear this next week, but I'm feeling good. I'm feeling like it's going to happen. All right. So this next week though, everything is not just like rainbows and unicorns. Um, although rainbows and unicorns are definitely a big part of the Neptune energy that's getting in the mix. This week, Neptune is kind of, uh, front and center. Neptune helps us to dissolve our ego personality, to deal with our karma and our shadow. So our ego personality, that's our reactions and our behaviors that don't come from our conscious choosing. That's like that automatic response that usually causes disturbance to our lives or comes from a place of pain and confusion that hasn't been integrated or understood by us fully, okay? Our karma or our shadow, that can be past experiences from this lifetime or others that, that are pattern, become patterns of energy in our lives until we face them and support them with integrity. So there's nothing inherently wrong with karma or shadow, there's nothing wrong with either of these things. These are places in our psyches that just need our attention so that we can make conscious all that is unconscious. We're shining a light on the shadowy places, right? So that we can bring them into the light. Um, and we're helping to support our karma by not continuing to recreate the same patterns uh, of doing things, that same energetic imprint. We're shifting the energetic print with our conscious choice. And then this shifts us out of our ego personality, uh, which is that automatic response, that, um, that uh, conditioned response, right? That comes from not a place of our choosing, but a place of where we've, what we've been nurtured into in this lifetime, okay? By, our, by society, by our parents, uh, the the stuff that we've inherited. So by making, by giving these things attention, we're making conscious all that is unconscious. And when we make something conscious, we bring the act of choice into the picture. And as such, we can choose to change the trajectory of our experience. So we don't just we're not just locked into patterns that are confusing and frustrating and painful. We can choose based on the information. We know when we're reliving that pattern. We know when there's a choice to be had. We can choose in alignment with our conscious selves. So I'm a Neptune in the 12th house person, okay? I have Neptune and Sagittarius, and it's in the 12th house, which is the house of Neptune. And Neptune and Sagittarius, well, I've had a lot of big lessons around thinking I know what the truth is of a situation and then having it blow up in my face. One of the biggest lessons in life with this heavy Neptune imprint in my chart is learning to see reality as it is, not how I wish it was, okay? So not with the rose-tinted glasses, and it's not a punishment. It's not, it has not in any way been a punishment. So I used to see my reality as a place of burden, pain, and isolation. 
And this led to substance abuse and addictions, especially codependency. These are Neptune problems. So healing my ability to deceive myself mentally and emotionally has really helped me to integrate and nurture the lost parts of myself or my shadow elements. So instead of chasing unavailable partners and, um, and, uh, and, and situations and ideas that were not grounded in reality and, and having pain as a result of that, I'm able to see my path forward in a much more clear and grounded and, and, and level-headed way. Um, and that has come from the opposite, right? From self-deception, having to undo self-deception, having to undo um, all the ways that I uh, unconsciously gave my power away, ultimately, and all the ways I unconsciously was responding from a place of emotional wounding, as opposed to being in my conscious choice. So, um, Neptune uh, is, is a wonderful energy, okay? It really... It, it's at home in Pisces, and ultimately, this placement is trying to get us to dissolve all the places in us that don't love unconditionally, that don't feel connected infinitely with one another, with the earth and the universe at large. Neptune wants to show us that we are connected, but we have to remove all of the illusions that make us feel not connected, that make us feel like we're unable to love unconditionally. One of the mantras that I like to say with this uh, energy is all that glitters is not gold. That's a great Neptunian mantra. With Neptune, we take off those rose-tinted glasses. We see things how they are, but that doesn't mean that we're going to start seeing everything as shit, okay? It means that we're no longer in illusion about our lives and purpose. You might take off the rose-tinted glasses around a partner who you think who you thought was somebody who they maybe couldn't live up to your expectations, right? That doesn't mean that all life is shit. It helps you to then release any, uh, either release those uh, expectations that can't be met, release that partner, and really open up to a partner that is the right fit for you. None of these things have to be punishments for us. They're all just helping to realign us. So where is Neptune coming in this week? So this week on Monday the 27th, Venus is going to conjunct, exact conjunct Neptune, both in Pisces. Neptune and Venus go well together for that mega boost of dreamy, soft, romantic energy that helps spark our creative endeavors. For sure, you might find yourself writing more po po poetry, Poetry is when you, um, it's just those, those morning affirmations you write when you're on the toilet. You know, no big deal. If someone comes out with a poetry book now, I really think that I should get some sort of um, just consultation uh, note at the back of it. Um, no, poetry. You might find yourself writing more poetry, singing, dancing, painting, uh, or however you like to express yourself around this transit. This is a great energy for that. It's a great energy for like downloads from spirit, epiphanies around um, who you are and your past life. It would be a good time to do energy clearing or past life regression or um, hypnotherapy or, um, or even regular therapy. I mean, it's a good energy for any of these things. 
So this conjunction, though, it's probably more likely, it is great for this creative energy, for sure, but it's also going to help us clear up some illusion delusion around our worth and value. So Venus intrinsically represents worth and value. It's our resources, it's money, it's romance, um, it's art, it's beauty. So for a few days around this transit, we can feel truth and reality coming into focus, right? Same, again, I'll go back to that, that idea of this ideal partner who you love so much. Oh, but like, I just love to cuddle them and it feels so good when, we, when we're having sex. Yeah, but then they don't call you for three fucking weeks. They go missing for days at a time without like connecting with you, you know, or they, um, or they're simply unavailable and it's no fault of their own or yours. It's just where they're at, right? So we're learning to kind of see things as they are, clearing up the illusion, the delusion, feeling the truth and reality coming into focus. So the questions to ask around this energy, are you, uh, do your romantic expectations and relationships match your value and worth right now, right? Are you trying to create some sort of like illusion around what your relationship really is with somebody where you need to be very clear? Okay, this is actually someone who's not necessarily a partner, but maybe they're a wonderful lover. And I need to be really clear about this. But if I'm looking for a partner and not a lover, I got to be clear about the places where this person is not my partner, right? And may never, may never well be. So being very clear. And that's not a punishment for either person. It's not a negative. It just means that like, if what we want is a partner and we're limiting ourselves to lovers, we got to look at our value system, our worth in there, um, where we might be unconsciously unavailable, unconsciously commitment phobic, unconsciously not feeling worthy or valued, you know? And so putting ourselves in situations where that is reflected back at us. Another situation that might come up, are you getting paid enough in your work, right? If we're not, if there's no exchange happening in our work, then we can feel really drained, there can be a leakage feeling there where we don't feel like we're being taken care of. And that can really seep power and energy out of us. Another place might be addictions and obsessions that are coming up, especially with substance abuse, even coffee, sugar, all of those things. I mean, even spiritual pursuits can be an unhealthy obsession if we're not grounded in reality. So are there any addictions and obsessions that devalue you and rob you from feeling worthy enough? This can be the revealing transit, right? That requires some extra patience and encouragement with the Venus conjunct Neptune. This is also a very sensitive time. You want to really get support if you are feeling psychically overloaded or emotionally overloaded. Tuesday the 28th, Mars in Sagittarius is going to square Neptune in Pisces. So Mars is how we act. In Sagittarius, who's like the wizard who bears the truth, um, uh, I just lost my train of thought. So Mars is how we act. It's in Sagittarius, which is the wizard who bears the truth. It's in conflict with our ego personality, a.k.a. the Neptune in Pisces. 
If you've had the impulse to make changes, then this could be the impetus to put them into action. If you're still deceiving yourself or being deceived, you won't be able to hide from the wake-up call that's coming. The truth is going to be revealed. The difficulty around this day is definitely going to be dealing with projected anger and aggression from within or with others. It's, it's hard to peel back the mask and the layers. It's downright ugly and scary sometimes. And some of us, some people, just cannot deal with these kinds of revelations. It's fucking shocking. It's scary. Right? Some people are like, oh, uh, no, that's not me. That's not me. It's like, yes, it is. You're looking in a mirror. Right? We all kind of have this in us in some way. So there can be a severe reaction to truth, to the truth of what's underneath. That includes if you see underneath a place of wounding, you might have a, a really intense reaction to that, right? Of like, oh my God, my little, the little person in me is like crying out for fucking support. And that can be really um, a hard thing to witness too. So just be very gentle with yourself. Also, great mantra, not my circus, not my monkeys. That's a great saying for like, you have the right to walk away and disengage from anybody who is cultivating crisis and drama. You don't have to engage. If engaging means fighting and aggression, you do not have to engage in that. You can wait until the time feels like you can actually get to a place of peace and love and understanding with someone else. If the idea is just drama and crisis, that's a low vibration. It's not worth it. It's not worth it to like, to find yourself leaking energy in that way. You have to regroup, come into a place of wholeness, maintain really strong energetic boundaries, get support. And then when you're feeling good and you're feeling like you are feeling clear, then you can get somewhere in these situations with others. The final transit I want to talk about this week is on Saturday, the 1st of February. The moon is going to be in Taurus and it's going to square the sun in Aquarius. This feels important because it's beginning February for us. So the moon is our inner persona and feelings and it's in contrast. It's like rubbing up against uh, the collective identity, which is seeking freedom and individuality in Aquarius and humanitarianism. So the moon in Taurus it wants security, it wants the house, the partner, the things that can feel like roots, but that are also as insecure to our realities as anything else. Nothing is secure in reality. Nothing. Everything is passing away in front of us. Okay, that's just the truth. What is secure is our connection to our infinite energy within and the infinite energy that resides within everything. So that's the most important relationships that we can be working on right now is that relationship to that infinite supply of energy for us. The sun in Aquarius wants to be free to come and go as it pleases. How do we balance a need for security outwardly with our need for freedom? Okay, we have to develop the home within and this energy is really asking us to kind of seek that. Wherever we go, we take our home and security with us. It's within, it's inside of us. So this square is working to free us from ideas that bind us to people, situations, and places 
under an illusion of security, okay? Again, there's an infinite supply of energy at our fingertips each and every moment. Finally, loves, we have a couple of months left of our North Node Cancer, South Node Capricorn karmic growth and release. We're growing into nurturance, healthy inner parenting, reverence of feminine qualities. We are releasing toxic masculine energies. We are releasing the fixation on approval, relevancy, and achievement. This week is great for checking back in with if we're caring for ourselves at the level that we should be. And again, use that mercurial energy uh, to really kind of um, light a fire under your ass where you need it. So again, I'm extending the 2020 love discount on all service packages, uh, services packages, and the self-healing mentorship through Friday the 31st. Please take advantage of it while it's available. I won't be offering another discount this year. Um, Thank you to all of the supporters of the Energy Report podcast and newsletter. Thank you so much for exchanging energy with me, including our new Venmo donors, Ilaway and Rebecca. Thank you so much for exchanging energy with me and for supporting all of the listeners and readers with your contributions. My new album, Yin, is out. It's a sound meditation and an energy healing. My dear friend, Katrina, at Daily Astrology, uh, so lovingly posted the other day that it actually helped her release her migraine when she listened to it in the bath. Um, This is a, it's a really great record. It's very peaceful. It is meditative. It's only 26 minutes long. It's meant to be listened to all the way through, lay down, have a sound bath. Okay. It's very personal to me. It has the most profound aspects of me in it, um, and I'm really excited to bring it all to you. It's available on all of the streaming platforms, but you can also purchase it for $11 via my Bandcamp link, which is uh, in the show notes if you want to support me uh, and the availability of my um, of my uh, what I have to offer. Uh, you could purchase it, but also it helps me if you stream it. So uh, share it with others, put it on your playlist. It's great for doing yoga, for stretching, for uh, if you like to listen to music while you do creative things. Um, it's just really good background uh, background stuff. Uh, it's kind of Eno. If you like Brian Eno, then you'll like, or, or Alice Coltrane, then you're going to like my record. That's Rebecca Conran's yin out. All right, my loves, that is it for the energy report this week. Sending you all so much love. Um, I hope that you all get all your projects accomplished this next week. Um, If you do need support, if you feel energetically overwhelmed, make the investment and go and see a practitioner. It doesn't have to be me. It can be anyone that feels right to you. This is a time when we need to be putting our self-care first Above all else, it is so important. If you feel good, then everything you do gets to feel the magic of that uh, energy. Sending you love. Bye.